0: Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Golia. I am, of course, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter and I'm also facilitator and speaker. I'm, of course, joined by the person who's trying really hard to distract me from my introduction, the apparently talented, talent position professional, the one, the only, the amazing, Glenn Martin. Hello. Glenn. Hola. <laughs> and I am super excited to be talking to Sarah Knight, who I've been stalking on Instagram for mm, a couple of years, really quite a while, isn't it, that mm-hmm. I've been following uh, you, welcome, Sarah. Uh, who is not only a brilliant, talented recruiter, but you're also MD of a company, and I couldn't think of anyone better to have on right now to talk about what the hell is going on with this damn virus and work and stuff. So, welcome Hello, to the show. Welcome. Hi.
1: Welcome. Good to be here. Well, welcome,
0: Sarah.
2: Welcome, oh, he's doing slow welcome.
0: clap this week. Oof. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> like... He normally does this. Oh. He's gone like
2: no. <laughs>
0: I suppose the virus is slowing us down.
2: <laughs> slowing everything down, yeah. Going yeah. Yeah, so, straight so, into it.
0: Yeah, the virus. Yeah. Is-
2: yeah.
0: I know. I think Glenn Sarah. has been on back-to-back conference calls, people, so if he's just not as good as he normally is. I'm
2: su- I'm <laughs> Give him <super> five. Energetic. <laughs> Come on, Glenn. I'm super energetic now. <laughs> Sarah needs well, Sarah, you. Before, yeah, before we before we kind of get into the the topic of today's show, it would be really wicked to kind of get an understanding of how or your journey to being MD of your own company so I had to kind of get into recruitment what was you know the the kind of interest and and how did you get to where you are today very high level.
1: I am (laughs) like loads of people I just completely fell into recruitment so I'm from Essex and uh, I moved to Devon just over 20 years ago and it was never intended to be more than uh, maybe a year. Uh, my then partner. <laughs> that's, which,
2: uh, that's what I said, Sarah. When I got off of the job, I was like, I'll do 12, twelve months? I'll do, do you know it's the twenties? It. like?"
1: <laughs> so um, yeah, so um, came to Devon. Exmouth and then went into Exeter with my C V in hand as you did back in the old days and walked into an like agency an actual printed copy. An actual physical um physical no. and no, no. physically spoke to them and <laughs> uh and they said, Hey, you'd be great here. You know, we need a temp for a couple of weeks and um, you know, come and join us and then that turned into a maternity uh contract for their administrator. And then I ended up kind of going up through the ranks. And um, quite funny now, when I look back, actually, the regional manager at the time, when I wanted to become a consultant, said, you're just not salesy enough. I just don't think you've got what it takes. And I just thought, whatever. And uh, (laughs) yeah, that was a nice red (laughs) flag, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. voted with my feet and then um, went and joined an independent agency in Exeter, multi-branch. And then I sort of worked my way up, was headhunted by another firm to set up an agency for them, which I did as an employee I didn't have any stake in the business um, which actually was quite a good thing you know at the point when I then lost my job as the business went down and um, my MD at the point said you know if anyone should open up their own agency it's you and of course I'd already done it for someone else but without any financial um, investment and so I did with a loan from my dad at that point because I mean my choices then were you know obviously go and get another employed role or
0: Mm-hmm. Go and set
1: up, and I'd actually never really wanted to. I it wasn't a dream of mine to open an agency, particularly. But, so was that uh, two thousand and five?
0: Two thousand five. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so just before, kind of you know
1: just got going, and then. Well, I mean, two thousand and five. I mean, for for me, for where I was, they were good mm. times. Yeah. Um, you know, that was like sports car um you know kind of lead to me, you know yeah I didn't even have to be in the office most of the time I'd built this great team you know it was um mm-hmm. you know a real kind of heyday uh, until of course 2008 when yeah, yep. we, we had a crash which is, yeah. which is why we had a, yeah we remember no, which no, is no. why
0: <laughs> we thought we're just keeping your head and making <laughs> smart decisions would be a good <laughs> <laughs> hence, hence our show topic. Because obviously, keeping your head and making smart decisions, we have the three of us been through two thousand and eight. Yeah. When one minute we're rolling in it, and the yeah. next minute we're really not. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, and I know, yeah. I know, we, I know, we don't look old enough to have been there in the thick of two thousand eight. But people, it is the truth. We were there.
0: Filters, <laughs> filters.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tough time. It was, 2008, like, tough
2: times, yeah. yeah. But I think um, you know one of the key things is that we we came out of 2008, right? Um, and I think hence the, the perfect timing of the, uh, the the show today. I think we're agency side and in house are facing very similar challenges again. That you know uncertain economic times, and we we don't know what perhaps the new new normal will be. Yeah. So I think it's the difference
0: kind of, in 2008 though there weren't the in house teams like there are now. It's true. It's yeah, so actually true. less competition for agents, I think, in that last. So that it really was the thing that spurred on the growth of the in-house teams mm. because of all the people appearing online and that ability to access them. It did yeah. really change around that time, didn't it? It was one of the things that came out of it. I just remember sitting yeah. there running 40 contractors one day and the next second not.
1: <laughs> just oh, the it's shock. Yeah.
0: Just the shock. And I have sat here this time as my pipeline, the whole lot just got postponed to the end of the year. I know I don't recruit anymore, but all of my speaking facilitation just got, like, shoved over yeah. there, um, was the, the panic, having been through it before, it was like, oh, no, no, I can't, I can't go through this again, oh, my God. So have you felt similar this time or have you found it
1: different? Or I think, um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely similarities. So a bit like 2008, I literally came into work one day to uh, most things being put on hold, cancelled. Withdrawn mm. um, and you know pipeline mm. all but disappeared. Yeah, and that's kind of how I remember it in two thousand and eight. But actually, the type of recruitment I was doing was a little bit different then. But there was that utter panic of what mm. am I going to do uh, as a single parent, as a uh, a business owner with responsibility for however you know many members of staff. All of a sudden, to you know, not essentially have an income that you can rely on. Actually, in two thousand eight, that was really tough. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up going in and doing a slightly different type of recruitment. So we were a very traditional high street agency that did temps, perm, industrial and kind of general office. Actually, what happened to us in 2008 was that we actually reviewed the services we were providing. We left the industrial, which quite um, anybody that's doing it or has done it knows that that's lemon hard work. Um, kind of made a- it a- made a- harder a- by Brexit. Yeah, what was going to be maybe more profitable, a better use of our time. We were really fortunate back in 2008 that actually we did end up finding a a strong contract which actually saw us through. And that was a national contract that saw us through where the – Regional recruitment was um, actually being brought in-house again. There were a lot of people, HR managers or hi- you know, hiring managers in, in businesses that were deciding to try and cut costs and do it themselves. So mm. actually, when I reflect on 2008 and 2009, maybe looking back, actually for us, it ended up being a positive, which, of course, is really tricky to see at the time because you're mm-hmm. full of fear and, you know, and panic and the change that's going on. The business I was in evolved, actually, and it, yeah. and it did become better as a result. Mm. But, um you know, that, that doesn't sound like such a great thing to say yeah. to somebody at the time when they're going through a, a tough time. So, but kind of actually, do- I think it
0: sparks uh, an element of hope. Like you looked at your mm. services, which I think is what's being required here and certainly what I'm doing, mm. and going, well, how can I deliver these differently? How can I add value right this second? How can I? Mm. Which yeah. is really... It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, to me, I see, like, there's an element of hope because you do do that and off the Absolutely. back of have got
1: this contract. And I mean, a bit like everybody must be doing at the moment. I mean, I certainly am, is looking at what do we do? Who are we? Who's in the business? What are we paying for? Who are we working mm. yeah. with? Um, you know, who are our suppliers? And actually reviewing everything. I mean, it, you know, it's a great opportunity to get really lean. We're lean anyway, to be honest, but actually mm-hmm. to really review. and to be thinking about those kind of next steps um, mm. and to be, you know, kind of strong enough to then compete, knowing that you're going to come out the other end of it. We don't know quite when that's going to be or even what it looks like mm. and what's going to have changed. Yeah. Of course the world of work, um, I'm sure, mm. is going to look very different to yeah. how we left it, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And so actually, mm. where do we sit there? Mm. So actually, mm. what we're doing in terms of our energy is really looking at our messaging, looking at our clients, looking at what we do. Mm. And using this downtime in a really positive way, actually to come out stronger yeah. the other end. But I don't get me wrong; of course, there's a there's a bit of panic and there's some fear. Of course, there is because we mm. don't know what what it looks like or when it's going to happen. But we're we're trying. I yeah. say we, me and my team, are really yeah. trying to look at the positives and look at this downtime where the recruitment's quieter, very quiet. Yeah. Um, mm. where do we put our energy, you know, and um, yeah. so that's what oh. we're doing. Um,
2: on, on that point, Sarah, and not mentioning any client names, because clearly, you know, clients, clients are key. But how have you how have you found their approach to you and your team in relation to clearly, you know, hiring's being switched off, um, so or being put on pause. Are you finding that the messaging from clients is, is is quite, you know, kind of amicable? It's like, look, this is this is the reason why, I hope you understand. Um, and certainly friends and, and kind of former colleagues of mine Work in larger scale, <clears throat> basically recruitment agencies and RPOs. The, the tap's has been turned off. It's it's just like you're a service. We don't need your service at the moment. That's it. Click off. Wow. No real messaging. Wow. It's almost like okay, you you kind of know what's going on, so we don't need to tell you that we're not going to be using your services. It's, it's as simple as that. Are you that's finding crazy. a lot more of? A, a kind of <sighs> No, yeah yeah no. this is my point this is what i'm trying yeah. to get to it's like relationships it's not all companies are doing that action. by the way no they're yeah. really not no. they're really don't not because i actually have
0: heard a lot that are still hiring by the way i just to
1: keep it a bit because we only hear what we hear yeah. right yeah yeah but that is our still hiring so i mean to yeah. start with i mean i've been in the recruitment industry just over 20 years and i've been running a business for a large part of that so actually i'm working we're very selective about who we work with so I'm in Devon. We're working with growing SMEs. The market here is probably quite different to the southeast in terms of kind of the makeup of the sorts of businesses that are here. Um, And I've been working with a lot of them for a long time. Um, Equally, I've got a team who are building new relationships with companies. But actually, we're working really closely with them. So actually, it's not just a transaction. We're not just a supplier. In fact, I don't don't work with companies that treat me like that. I get no joy in that. That's not what we do you know if we're not working closely Mm -hmm. and they don't let us in properly then we're essentially not that interested in working with them Mm -hmm. Um, we've still got companies that are recruiting so Mm while I say our pipeline has diminished it hasn't gone completely Mm -hmm. we had six job offers last week which felt like the most amazing achievement Mm -hmm. given almost everything switched off yeah Um, five acceptances you know one candidate didn't think it was the right time for them to be moving you know, which I completely sure. respect. And actually, we've got a couple of new starters on Monday, which I think is, you know, incredible, you know, because some of those clients mm. are going to be um, remotely onboarding the candidates. But, so, I mean, I true. guess to answer the question, no, we're not getting people just say, go away, uh, you know, don't bother us. Actually, a lot of them are looking to us to find yep. out what else is going on in the mm. market because, of course, we're working with so many different types of businesses, yeah. different mm. industries. They're kind of looking to us to help guide them. Well, what should we do? What do you think in terms yeah. of, the recruitment we don't no. want to lose the talent that's in the pipeline yeah, you know because some of them we got to third interview we're literally waiting for an offer and then they're having to say oh we, we don't we can't do this right now but we don't want to lose the person either what do you think so
0: actually yeah. See, i think you're setting a great example in the mm. southwest of how it should be in the southeast mm. yeah i mean you think i think going forward when this clears every every candidate will now look at well how did you treat your employees your suppliers your clients and your candidates mm. through the process mm. Mm. and if they see totally. like i wouldn't want to be recruiting for weather spoons right now yeah. just saying. Yeah, yeah. like mm. you know it's like how have you treated people yeah. and you think you guys are seeing the sense of because the markets well it's it's, it's hard isn't it every it's a short supply of everything isn't it because yeah. it's a sort of smaller yeah. area
1: yeah. all about so we've got a really low level of unemployment here particularly yeah, where i am. Was what I was trying to say <laughs> so, you know, we're at full employment we have been for a long while yeah. so actually the savvy recruiters mm. uh, you know they know it's about relationships they know it's about yeah. um, connections and actually you only have those things if you are genuinely adding value genuinely looking out for those people mm. and staying in touch mm. and treating them with the respect they deserve and getting to know them and all that good stuff. So actually, that's stuff that we already do. And so we have that reputation. We have those connections with the clients mm-hmm. and the candidates. So, you know, we've made it very clear the type of business that we are and who we work with. Mm-hmm. We're known as a company with integrity um, mm-hmm. that, you know, give value. So actually, oh, thank goodness, yeah. you know, we can rely on that going forward. And actually, we take yeah. those clients with us. Um mm-hmm. You Couple know, a, a lot group. of those business owners, they're my peers, you know, because actually yeah. we're talking about their recruitment, but actually now we're talking about how are you? How's your business? <clears throat> how are you coping? You know, what are you are going to do with those 60 members of staff now that you don't have an income? And can I help you? Is there anything I can do to help you? Because actually I'm also a business yeah. owner with a team who's having <clears> of <throat> course. We're all, you know, we're stressed. It's yeah. uh, meaning I say assume. <clears> There's <throat> you know, obviously some agencies that are really busy because of the nature of recruitment they do, or the industry they <clears throat> work in. But, you <clears throat> know, we're all now sort of, Supporting each other, and actually, if there is a positive, no like, way, it's, it's bringing us closer, you know. Yeah, really that's fantastic. Can I, can I just show a
0: couple no. of positives really quickly? Sorry, I know no. Lee, you've got a question. I'm not sure we're going to get to it because I'm not sure uh, we can answer it at the minute. um But uh, Audra, so um, I've forgotten who Audra works for. um That's so bad. We know who Audra works for. Um, Audra, right where you work for, I'll go blank. Um, but you know, in the East Coast of the USA, still hiring loads. And I love this from Rob White as well. We're seeing clients complete the processes, coreing laptops. On Monday to people, yeah. so it's not cool. all. I would imagine that the people who've lost their recruitment are really busy online saying that, and the ones who are super busy aren't because they're not thinking to because they're super busy. So that's why I'm not yeah. sure we're seeing that. I just
2: think my 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 point was really around communication at this moment in time when everything is so uncertain. Communication becomes the key thing, um, hmm. and just to kind of switch off that communication because there is a bit of a challenge seems counterproductive. I mean, a uh, long time yeah. support of the show, Simon Hawkeye posted on LinkedIn. He said, look, mm. after this after this period, your brand will be associated with, yeah. how did you treat yeah. your people? That's what people yeah. are gonna remember. And I thought Eat Simon really put, yeah, I mean, it was this really, really, uh, really powerful post. Um, mm-hmm. It was great to hear Sarah that actually, within the kind of agency world, peer to peer, Communication is starting where competition might have existed a little Mm. bit more. The stuff you were talking about
0: before we came on live, yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) Just kind of, kind of give us a little bit of an (laughs) insight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, um, uh, you know, I've got some amazing competitors in my marketplace, and actually, you know, I don't want anything to happen to them. I enjoy competing against them. You know, of course, I do. And, you know, actually, I, I contacted maybe th- three you know of them, two of which I know already and one who, who I don't know so well and just you know sent them a message and said we need to be talking. you know we need to be comparing notes. there needs to be I think some kind of comparables in terms of you know what we're saying to our teams and how we're positioning things because we are the leaders in our market. Um, yeah. you know, I think we need to be kind of setting a, a tone but actually also supporting each other. It's quite a scary place. You know, you've, you've got a team, you're a yeah. well-established business. Something's pulled the rug out from under your feet with absolutely mm-hmm. no notice. And, you know, it's not necessarily something you've done before. And, you know, we need to be mm-hmm. talking about, you know, are you okay? But actually, yeah. what are you going to do? You know, all of a sudden yeah. there's, uh, there's no income potentially for the next few months. And we don't know when that's going to change. How are you going to mm-hmm. handle that? And so actually we're now yeah. having that is- some really frank, you know, we'd never normally share this type of information, you know, and actually it's been yeah. really nice to develop this friendship. Really? And I said to one of them, you know, hey, hey, who knows what's gonna happen as we come out of this? You know, we That's could true. end up working together, you know, who knows what might happen, but it, it's, all, it's all positive, it's all good. Uh, and it's actually made me Funny, feel much better in a stressful time, you know? You,
0: you talk about the, I always look back at 2008 and go, if I'd had a finance head, which I so don't have, I should have been able to see that coming. Because a lot of people did know it was going to happen. But this, and no one could have predicted yeah. this was going to happen. Um, it really did. So it sort of makes me feel a bit better about not have, having missed the first one. Yeah. But also, you said you're quite competitive, which I quite like to hear. You've also climbed Kilimanjaro. I've oh, done yeah. that. But I haven't done all that other crazy stuff you've done. Do you? Like, like you
1: swam around the silly Isles. I'm trying to think of everything I just read that you've done. Your well, probably the biggest insane. one is I, um, I cycled from Land's End to John O'Groats in September. That's probably uh, the biggest, the biggest thing biggest
0: Painful. So, uh, yeah. But you've also done something in the Thames. So you would signed up, know if that's
1: postponed. Oh, you I'm swimming. Um, well, hopefully if it goes ahead. A lot of sporting events are being cancelled, of course. But I'm doing um, the Henley Swim Marathon, which is basically swimming down the Thames about 15, 16K.
0: Having cool. like rode on the Thames it's bloody hard work, so good luck with that. Oh,
1: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is this, yeah, um, it's a great combat though too. And I think that's probably why I do as much sport as I do. Yeah. Because my career is actually very unpredictable. I obviously I have a team of people, I've got clients and candidates, and I can't control or predict always what any of those things are going to do. I've got all these yeah. variables every day. And I think actually the sport gives me something to focus on that I can control to an extent you know i can control what i what i train what i'm training to i can map it out i can stick to that routine i think it balances out this insane career you know yeah. it's like trying to oh I, I don't know i mean it's crazy as you all know um you know it kind of balances out and also in terms of that stress mm. and actually being able to stress be well out. to have your brain functioning well and so actually i'm probably doing more or will be doing more sport now than ever before just again to just keep myself in a good Mm. place so that I can make good decisions I think it's so important isn't
0: it I love it I was going to share John's question or comment actually Mm. the agencies single person to multi-locations have not changed their approach have not looked at upskilling their uh, their people and moved to being a business partner to their market segment other ones who will be cleansed it's pretty well what we're talking about wasn't it yeah good comment that's from Canada so he's English
2: any more any more comments
0: Uh, Just currently lots of Canadian companies still hiring. Oh,
2: no, sorry, Aaron.
0: Hello, Aaron. Oh, Aaron Lins.
2: Aaron Lins. Uh, Collusion is the new norm. Yeah. I mean, I guess one of the things I'm interested in as well is your experience of, you know, individuals looking for jobs at the moment. Have you found that naturally people that are either in the process or might be slightly inclined to pause that, um, have you, you know, I mean, I have, I'm still deaf side recruiting and I've, you know, we're speaking to people and some of them are sort of like, look, I'd like to pause this at the moment. And yet there are other individuals who are like, well, look, if I find an opportunity that you know, I'm really bought into, I'm, I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that leap to a mm. to a new role. So you said, you know, kind of six placements last week, which is fantastic. Have you, have you experienced both of that reservation and people still keen to go forward or is yeah. there a bit of a bias I think, towards um,
1: I think most people, once they've uh, my experience at the moment is that most people that have started that ball rolling are happy to see it through. So actually, of the six people that were offered jobs last week, um, only one of them has said that they they feel insecure uh, and and therefore aren't going to progress things. Um, I think actually we don't have any more applications at the moment. Um, i I wondered as this all first started to unfold, I thought we would have lots of people looking for work, I I thought we were going to be absolutely bombarded. And actually I think had we not have had the news that we had on Friday in terms of furlough, then I think that Mm -hmm. would have been the case. Because actually already that week there would be lots of redundancies that were being made in Exeter. There were a lot of people feeling very insecure. We were starting to get a lot of contact from people just, just putting their name in the hat. You know, if something comes up, you know, would you kind of stay in touch with me? And then actually I think since we had that news on Friday, I, it's really only the odd person that I'm speaking to at the moment who's mm. actively looking, I would say, over and above anybody who is kind of looking anyway. So they're basically just going to wait it up. So I think there's, mm. there's got their... this sitting and waiting. So, like the clients yep. are kind of sitting and considering maybe what goes yep. on. I think you've got a lot of candidates who at the moment have got um guaranteed income it might be less than what their normal their normal Mm -hmm. salary is but they've got a guaranteed income and I think everyone and and this is maybe part of the problem everyone of course is just going to sit back and take a view um until we get a bit bit of movement again and we get a bit of positivity I think this is how it's going to be I mean we're, we're contacting candidates there's a few live roles there's a there's a few companies who are still very much business as normal and are looking for staff Um, we're not we're not getting people knock back the idea of a move Mm. but I guess we'll see I think maybe they'll be a little bit more cautious they'll be you know as Mm. you'd expect them to anyway more research Mm. around the client maybe I guess it's that thing where where so my brother just
0: got a job before this happened and I was relieved and a bit panicked for him at the same time. Hopefully he won't watch this to hear this. Um, but it was that because, you know, last in, like that whole, yeah. oh, so kind yeah. of, because oh. it can think, be. Yeah. Thankfully he's the yeah. finance manager, so he should be able to keep himself in. But it was like.
2: factor oh. himself in. But it
0: was like, and because it had taken him a while, bless him, because he's older now. So it's tough. It's, it's much harder to be <laughs> older.
2: I bet he doesn't want to hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a boomer. He's our
2: boomer. <laughs> so, Sarah, is a question for you. And this is an opinion piece. You may have thought about it. You may not have thought about it. This is not from my long list of questions, by the way. This is just oh. something I've been discussing <laughs> with people. I was bracing um,
0: myself
2: for questions. Yeah, no, not at all. But listen, I mean, I, you know, when I worked kind of agency side, the large proportion of what I did was contingency, right? Yeah. Now, do you think perhaps there might be a bit more of a shift by pure contingency play agencies to start thinking well actually yes we're we're worth retained work we're worth exclusive work and that's what we'll we'll factor in 20 to 30 percent of what we do and we'll go after that purely because in a time like this if you've got fixed work and retained work at least you're going to get paid something whereas if your pipeline disappears on a contingency mm. side, that's it. You're going to pay anything at all. So mm. do, you, do you think that this, this might indirectly or directly start people think, you know, agency owners thinking, well, actually, let, let, let's start thinking about a bit, bit more of a mixed model because yeah. actually that mixed model will help you retain people in times like this, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, it's the one thing I don't like about what I do. I absolutely love my job. Mm. But I can't stand how we get paid because we yeah. um, do a lot of work for nothing Yeah. very often. Um, yeah, yeah. So and actually, this is a conversation I was having with our account manager from the REC as I was talking to them yeah. last week. It's the conversation I've been having with these other agency owners in the area yeah,
2: yeah.
1: to say we need to get together and we need to make some changes or be thinking about this because... Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily the right thing to do. Now, of course, on a more executive level, of course, you know, you would be charging in a different way or, um, you know, I have had retained clients where I build them in a slightly different way. But actually the majority of the work that we do is, you know, per head invoice goes Mm -hmm. on, you know, first day, you know, that kind of standard agency model. And actually at times like this, yeah, you think I've I've done an awful lot of work You know, we've got people to to this point Mm -hmm. and actually there is no – reward for for any of that and actually it seems a little bit unfair sometimes even when I'm putting in a big invoice you know for a a big uh, placement Mm -hmm. actually that sometimes maybe those invoices are so high because at times I guess if you're being philosophical about it those people are almost paying for all that other time that you've maybe spent on some of those other roles that didn't work out so I think there's got to be a better way of charging that seems fairer and actually takes the pressure off the consultants at points as well in terms of then you know that's a bit mm. like being like
0: Glenn, in a way.
1: <laughs> Glenn doesn't
0: know what I'm going to say, so, but, you know. it's going to pull a face. Let me sit um, back here. No, no. But, so you're like a contract talent acquisition, talented talent acquisition professional. Um, but it's like I also know other recruitment agents who've become like, I call them like mini RPOs, like baby RPOs, where they're the outsourced in-house person.
2: So it's very mm, yeah, They charge yes. very, very differently. Yeah, yeah.
0: I see a bit more of that happening as well. And actually, in a way... That would come back to Lee's question here, and would give some more, maybe in the SME space, a bit more of a relaxed feel, because it's like mm. I, I actually don't think that companies will dump their large teams. They might trim them down a bit, and they could upskill uh, them, ready for when it's not I busy. But
2: I think I think the interesting the interesting thing for me, I was chatting to a friend about this the other day. Right, recruitment is often charged on. What we you know, the the client is charged on what they think of the tangibles, so mm-hmm. the, the the kind of time, the database you have access to, the candidate pool you have access to, and all these sort of things. But it's not charged on the slightly more intangibles, which is Sarah's got over 20 years of experience. She knows within mm-hmm. two or three minutes on a phone call whether a particular individual is engaged with the opportunity, is right for the mm-hmm. role, and then she will continue that that conversation. You yeah. can't turn around to a client and go, I'm going to charge you. For my ability to speak to people on the phone, and know within five minutes whether they're mm-hmm. right for your role, but actually, you will be charging them for their perception of the fact that you have this network, this database, etc. Mm. So, to your point around the the kind of charging model, if you know, yeah, it, how do you how do you make that change? Because it Ooh, is, so is
0: it, like it, you're almost it, saying it. pay for the expertise and the amount of time yeah. you save them.
2: Exactly because that. Actually,
0: it's well if I give my yeah, job yeah. To Sarah she's only going to give me three people who are actually going to be relevant mm. and she's going to save me 1,600 but hours of interviewing the wrong people.
2: And that's the point. Ooh. I start Ooh. to pay for Sarah's experience yeah. and the ability to do And I'm prepared to save pay me time for that up front. Mm. I'm prepared to pay for that, that service up front. Mm. And this is the thing, I think sometimes clients perhaps perceive the old recruitment model, right, pay on delivery, mm. which actually devalues in my mind to a degree, somebody like yourself who's, who, you know, you should be paying you know, whatever it is, two, three, four grand mm. up for you to start search because actually, yeah. you know what, it's 100% worth the investment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually you'd see a massive change in client behaviour then. I mean, I work mm-hmm. with some great clients and I'm fortunate that actually they don't waste a huge amount of my time. But actually if I look further back in my career, actually, mm. I think if they were more accountable for – the detail they were giving you, or I think if they were paying <laughs> a little bit more upfront to secure uh, chapter your five.
0: Process. Chapter five, remember. Uh, do you know I've not got, <laughs> not got to chapter five yet. Ah um, oh, you get there and you'll be like, wow, my clients giving me this <laughs> chapter five. <laughs> Sorry, don't mind me.
2: But but I think it's <laughs> I think it's a really it's a really valuable consideration because, yeah. you know, it's how the recruitment industry is perceived in terms of its value and what people yeah. think clients think they're paying for. And as you said, Sarah, albeit indirectly, if you invest some money in something, you're going to put a lot more effort into making sure that returns on it. You know, there's a return on that investment. Um,
0: There's a couple of really supportive comments on what you're both saying as well. So Matt Taylor. Hello, Matt. Uh, If you're close enough to your clients, they know how much work goes into attracting talent to them, which is also cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, hunker down and brace for change in the way we recruit. I completely agree. Mm. And there's a hello from Australia, which kind of confuses me because you should be asleep. Hi, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you be asleep? <laughs> um, we've got a hi uh, Rahul from India as well. This is amazing. Hey, Rahul. I love that. Okay, yeah. and, sorry. And, and, and did I do that one already?
2: No, you haven't. Driving oh, no,
0: retained service will come as a result of being a business partner. Requires owners, managers, leaders to stop focusing on the pennies today and look at the pounds tomorrow. I do both. getting more asked to buy my service Mm.
2: yeah that's good news oh and Jim I don't think
0: has been on the show for a while either hello Jim Jim. uh retain and reward bend on both I've used that before
2: yeah Mm. lots of support really definitely and I I think to your point there about the community so I don't know whether there's like a um, coalition of recruitment agency owners in kind of the Exeter area but perhaps after this it might be, well actually, you know what, there's there's value in us meeting on a monthly basis as peers mm. to kind of talk about, you know, the, the market, mm. you know, our market and how we're contributing to that and the value that we're contributing to. I mean, admittedly, yeah, back to a certain level of competitiveness competitiveness, you know, you're not gonna, you know, it can be completely transparent. Mm. But if that sense of community really is something that comes out of this quite challenging time, I think mm. that's that's really valuable. And yeah. for me, if we can start to and this is the thing, when we refer to in-house and agency, again, I think we're building barriers. Actually, it's it's all recruitment. It's just a different engagement model and a different level of investment. It's still recruitment. So there's, yeah. there's not really any more value in terms of me versus you, in-house versus agency. It's just mm. a different engagement model. Mm. And if that can come out of this as well in terms of how, you know, companies perceive recruitment and mm. start to see the higher level value, I think, you know, that, that that would be a positive. I'll get and down that. And would on be positive day. for the
0: human in the <laughs> recruitment process, wouldn't it? Yeah. Who that doesn't is, understand? Yeah, they just see recruiter. They don't understand mm. there's agency and in-house and this and that and RPO mm. and you name it. Mm. They just go. I just want a job. I just want to deal with one person. I just want to move on. Mm. <laughs> mm. That would
1: be great. And standards will be higher um, generally. Mm, you know, yeah. it raises the bar, doesn't it? Actually, you know, all of a sudden you've got a, a group of agencies who are. Performing mm. at a, a better level, they're providing a better service. Their staff mm. are engaged. Mm. They're, you know, trained in a slightly different way. Everybody's experience is a is a better one. So actually, you mm. know, it's win win, isn't it? Really, hundred
2: percent. I mean, I think the credibility of the in- industry is something I'm really passionate about. You know, mm. I think uh, like all of us, I fell into recruitment. Sarah, same. Katrina, same. <laughs> Why would um,
0: anyone plan I would, it? I bloody love it. I'm very so glad
2: I fell yeah. in it. But. I, I would like to maybe speak to people that go, I chose recruitment as a career because I could see it's a really valuable industry sector with know, we high bar
0: one guest. Didn't we have one guest who actually said they chose it?
2: I, I'm looking for it more was. than one person, maybe. Just as, as a collective <laughs> More more than just one person, um, but yeah, to your point, Sarah, and that 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 kind of makes it a, an interesting segue in terms of, um, your kind of team, your your kind of how do you how do you continue to make sure that they're kind of upskilled? What, you know, is there any particular things that you do that kind of keep them kind of upskilled and in in contact with the market? Um, and certainly at the moment, when you've got sort of time to to perhaps think about other than obviously oh, buying. Really? But yeah, yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way, I, was saying,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Sorry. it's the opposite it's
2: very disconcerting. Yeah. I like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, no. You know,
2: or, or actually, has your team come to you and said, Hey, Sarah, we'd really like to try this um, at the moment and and maybe help, you know, this will help us when we kind of really start ramping time. back up again. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, all the cool. time. So uh, I mean, I'm I'm often saying to them, look, I've been in this industry for a very long time. You know, I may not be the person who comes up with the new ideas. You know, we're, we're mm. in this together. We're, you know, you guys are bound to have potentially innovative ideas. Mm. You know, share them with me um, mm. so that we continually evolve. And okay. I'm very open in terms of them mm. developing their skills or the role or the desk. I see it as you know yeah. very much their business within my business. And actually, mm. yeah. I treat them all very differently because actually they all have Different desires, different needs, different strengths, Um, and so I work with them individually in terms of kind of. I mean, as as any manager would do. Surely, you know, where are you going? Where do you Where do you want to develop? What do you need from me? You know, sorry,
0: what as any manager would.
1: (laughs) And whether that's more time, any or whether it's manager would. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's all sorts of things that are going on, and actually, they kind of flourish. There's different conditions for each of them based on, you know, where they want to go and where they want to take the desk and what type of clients they're working with and, you know, all mm. of that, that good stuff. So I've got a, a great team of brilliant minds who uh, actually, I mean, now, of course, we're all working remotely. And actually, it's yeah. been amazing to Then actually, you know, Zoom calls every morning to make sure that we're mm. all engaged. We're keeping that vibe. You know, which takes mm. a lot of work when you've got very people people who are all of a sudden working mm. remotely and disconnected from, you know, the physical mm. team and mm. there's lots of ideas that are kind of coming through. And but you feel mm. like you're actually getting closer from it, really weirdly? Because I'm yes, chatting to more
0: people than I normally do. It's-
1: yeah, well, it's taking so much more effort, of course. it's mm. It's a deliberate act. I mean, whereas we would have regular meetings back in the office anyway, mm. actually now, because I'm very aware that they could very quickly – lose their spark Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more effort that's going into you know team chat you know zoom calls we're doing an online pub quiz tonight you know there's loads of things that we're doing to keep that connection high and keep their positivity high because actually some of them haven't been through a a big Mm -hmm. crash or a big life event which would give them a little bit of the resilience that that we have from all the things that we so actually there's an element of having to help them you know, it's going to be okay, mm. you know, it, I don't yeah. know what it looks like the other end, but it's going to be, be okay. I think it's going to be different.
2: How, how are you, how are you finding that flip onto virtual? Because that's really fascinating to me that, you know, leaders um, and, and, and managers that have always historically managed in, in person flipping purely onto virtual. Are you finding you've, you've almost had to recut the schedule for the day in terms of yeah. the, the kind of check-ins, the updates, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, And again, it's a very individual thing. Some of my team actually are very industrious at home on their own. They love it. They've got no distractions. Um, and they're really, really enjoying that. Others are really struggling with the fact they don't have the team around them for that chat and you know that kind of vibe. So actually, again, it, it's different for all. We have a team Zoom meeting every morning we, we could, had a yeah, yeah, day by zoom nice. which was really yeah. nice which we would do in yeah. the office but you know we kind of did it um through zoom instead
0: and then I think yeah, it's, so lot- times it's. have you got any of them you're having to deal with um guilt like so i went and sat outside and drank my coffee for five minutes i didn't tell myself off i just did it like I, if i'd been in an office i would have stood at the coffee yeah. machine chatting to someone for 10 minutes and it's really funny i, I hear a lot of people feeling guilt Because they're not at their desk constantly working the whole
1: time. It's like, but you aren't when you're in the office. Mm -hmm. Are you finding some of them struggling with that? Well, I think a lot of that has been having to explain the expectations and actually what's okay, Mm -hmm. what's normal. So we had a conversation the other day where it was like, you know, work in flow for, say, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and get your head down and really get on with it. But then make sure you get up and go outside or, you know, make sure that you're having some time. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you're putting the washing on because you're at home, but... You don't have to sit in front of your desk. And actually some days you'll feel brilliant and you'll be really happy and everything's Mm. great. But actually on those days where you're not feeling like that, you need to FaceTime me or Mm. let me know how you feel. Mm. And uh, We make a really big thing about being out in the fresh air in the office anyway, so everybody will go out for a walk or a run at lunchtime and just making sure that actually they're doing those things for themselves as well to keep them mentally in a good place. So there's a check-in every day. How are you feeling out of 10? You know, and actually, if it's mm. below what I'd expect, why is that? Do you need any Glenn? help? You know, have you been outside today? You know, it's Glenn, like we ever had recruitment agent managers like this?
0: Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair,
0: I, we, I um, was the agency I was at was so toxic. Well, Glenn was at it as well, but like, wow, everything part, you're saying, I'm it, you're going. the reason, yeah,
2: part of the reason why it was toxic, I was there. I was just
0: a bad <laughs> <egg>. <laughs> no. That's not what I said. <laughs> That
2: yeah. is not what but, I said. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean before we, we we sort of close out and uh Never Katrina does a uh, prize 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 draw. Oh um, what yeah, yeah. What would uh, you know, I mean what would your, your kind of hope be for the uh for the certainly for the agency world, you know, the other side of this, is there any sort of things that you would hope to take out of this i.e. like you said earlier, a a greater sense of community, um, you know, the you know, like the ability to to adapt between in-person and virtual. Is there any other things you would hope might come out of you know a like yeah, a negative situation? What positives would you you like to see, Sarah?
1: Crikey, there's loads. That's uh, a big question, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, of questions. Was every... <laughs> yeah, the sorts of things I'm looking, I guess, for my business to do is is to evolve. So I guess that's what I'm thinking for the industry.
2: Oh, yeah, I'd like yeah.
1: to see that. You know, there's more unity be- between agencies. Mm-hmm. The good yeah, agencies cool. you know I very much yeah. see you know we've got the I you know the agencies like us up here and then you know there'll there'll be others mm-hmm. that maybe that provide a different service to us but I'd like to see more unity higher standards a, a better mm-hmm. way of billing um yeah. and that'd then cool. yeah I mean, I'm I'm thinking you know do we even need an office anymore? You know actually this mm-hmm. is working quite well yeah. you know the way that we're working yeah. Yeah. um I think uh, there'll be some great positives that come out of it the relationships yeah. with clients sort of going through this with them and being yeah. vulnerable you know I'm talking to mm. business owners who mm. you know we're, we're really on a level now I mean it's yeah. About yeah. turning over 80 million as one of my clients yeah. is you know versus yeah. the kind of where I am you know we've all got the same mm. problem in terms of staffing mm. and you know not knowing the future and mm. how we get through this and actually this virus
0: um, is very leveling it's a yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, totally. everyone every single human has touched that yeah. it. like
2: yeah.
0: it's amazing yeah. so you
2: answered you answered that really tricky question so well <laughs> <It's good laughs> you either. really did yeah so i mean that was it's just great to hear because like i say more people like yourself who do own businesses trying yeah. to drive a really positive agenda that will help everybody else yeah so you know that's that's an awesome message awesome
0: definitely Important. Right. Yeah. okay should we do it I promised okay. to give away a copy of this. I have, uh, with my very last, my very last please. invoice, um, <laughs> managed to procure myself 20 copies. Yes, I have to buy my own book randomly. Um, so there, I have got 11 names in here of people who are having a bit of a struggle at the moment in the Let's, random name selector. And Sarah, I hit, Sarah, Sarah's, name.
2: Got a, Sarah's got to choose the number, no? Because she can't oh, see what I'm, you've got in front of you.
0: No, I just hit random name generator. I use technology. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Sarah. Oh, I feel like I've really missed what out. It been. Oh, we'll pick a number then. Yeah. Uh, five. Abby Adamson. See, I feel bad Abby! Now. I might have to give away two because someone else did it the other way. <laughs> I'll be nice and I'll give away two this week. Dean uh, Burke, you <laughs> also got it. So both of you can have one. So congratulations. Um. I'm very happy for them. Um, We shall do this every week. So please just, uh, I will write an update. Make sure that you name a person you know currently has literally the redundancy. What are we calling it? Furlough, no pipeline, whatever it might be. But I want you to write a comment about why you've put their name down. What's great about them? This is to make them feel good as well through this process. So not just, uh, oh, Sarah, like a Sarah, because Sarah's fabulous. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Sarah, thank you so much. I told you this Aww. wasn't scary. Thank you. Thank you, you Sarah. It's so <laughs> nice to <laughs> catch you after stalking you on Instagram for however long it's been. Bloody ages. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, if people want to find you, what's yeah. the
1: easiest way other than Where at Sarah which uh, I always boy.
0: read as Dark Knight, which we is really bad. Yeah. Night.
1: yeah, at Sarah Knight on Twitter, Instagram.
2: Awesome.
0: Come and see what crazy and better she gets up to with that exercise.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. God. Thank you, sit, yeah, Sarah you swims, can't swims, can't a, swims the channel.
1: A bit, yeah. <laughs> I'm not just <laughs> on the channel. No, really, I bet you can.
0: No, no, for your 50th. I wouldn't fancy that at all. Yeah, set yourself a big target for fifty.
2: Yeah, it's no. been amazing talking to you, Sarah. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you Genuinely, so much. Really, thank really, you. will I really
0: pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You've been over chatty, which has been absolutely brilliant. If you've got any questions, make sure you let us know. And we shall see you at the same time next week. Actually, no, we won't because the clocks are changing in the UK. So it will be 10 a.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Greenwich. No, it will be on British Summertime.
2: And and we will be having Robin Schooling joining us. Oh, yes, that would
0: be super exciting. We're uh, we're going to talk about open hiring, which sounds a bit crazy at this time, but actually it's probably needed more than anything. So brilliant. Thank you, everybody. We shall see you next week.
2: Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Take care.